Join us this week for Mysteries from the Hollers, stories from the vaults and attics of Ozark storytellers. Support for KSMU's Sense of Community series comes from community partners Larson Law Firm, Sunbelt Environmental Services, and Neighbors Mill Bakery and Cafe. In the Ozarks, caves serve as geological landmarks and a testament to the region's karst topography. But some caves in the region are woven into legends and folklore passed from one generation to the next. One particular cave in the tiny village of Smollett, Missouri, near Ava, has been shrouded in mystery since the Civil War. Today, the cave is on a farm off of Highway A. The farm belongs to the Sellers family. Jerry Sellers, who owns the property with his wife, says stories about the cave have been passed down through his family because his relatives have lived on the property since the late 1800s. In the early 1900s, the cave would have been much larger because there's a stream that, that runs right in front of the cave. And over years, some of the silt and everything is filled in, and uh, the opening is still there. You can still walk in, but it is smaller than it used to be. The Smollett Cave has been associated with mysterious sights and sounds, including floating lights. But it's perhaps best known as being home of the headless cobbler, going back to the days when people relied on cobblers to make and mend footwear. Seller's cousin, Walter Darrell Hayden, also grew up in Smollett and was interested in local folklore from a young age. After becoming an English professor at the University of Tennessee, Hayden published a book in tribute to the legends from his childhood. The book is titled The Headless Cobbler of Smollett Cave. It recounts stories and sightings from family members and locals. Now deceased, Daryl Hayden knew the importance of storytelling and keeping traditions alive especially in the rural haulers of the Ozarks. Daryl's brother, James Lauren Hayden, says there wasn't much else to do when they were growing up than tell stories and read books, which were often too expensive. So they were told uh, over and over again and uh, embellished on each time they were told, probably. Uh, I, I think people, um, that, that was the entertainment, was getting together uh, and visiting with, uh, with people. Like many tales of old, the legend of the headless cobbler is said to have started from factual events. According to Daryl Hayden's book, a woman named Mary Pratt recounted the story in the mid-1940s. She said during the Civil War, a man she knew as Old Man Evans moved his shoemaking business into Smollett Cave to escape the rebel fighters who were going after men who didn't support the Confederate cause. The man is believed to be George Evans, whose descendants, according to the book, corroborated the story. It was said that the cobbler was beheaded for being a Union sympathizer. Thus started the stories of the headless cobbler in Smollett Cave. There have been a lot of caves that have been shrouded in mystery. That's Jonathan Beard, a professional caver in Springfield, he studies caves in Missouri. Murders uh, occur occurring in, in caves, uh, uh, the Civil War, uh, combatants using caves as either a hideout or a storage area. Jesse James, uh, the, the folklore uh, following him in Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas are, are uh, involved many legends. Beard says he's been visiting caves for 48 years. 
He says Missouri has roughly 7,300 documented caves and that there are many more out there. According to Hayden's book, locals say they heard a staccato tapping of a hammer coming from inside the Smollett Cave at night. Hunters in the area were said to report most of the abnormal sightings. Sellers says his parents, Raymond and Carrie Sellers, saw a mysterious light floating above the tree line going towards the cave many times. He says one night around 1 a.m., he and his brother were driving home from playing cards with friends when they encountered the floating light for themselves. We had a, a light follow us, and, and then when we pulled in the driveway and stopped, we could still see it coming toward us, and then it went suddenly back uh, to the west and then made another sudden and rapid movement to the south. Sellers says he takes all of the explanations for the stories with a grain of salt, but does believe in the value of passing the stories down. You know, so, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a part of our history that uh, should, should be kept alive, you know, and should be passed on. For KSMU's Sense of Community series, I'm Megan Burke. Support for KSMU's Sense of Community programs is provided by Larson Law Firm, Sunbelt Environmental Services, and Neighbors Mill Bakery and Cafe.